0: When the stay at home order started, you couldn't get TP. And then when we were all baking, it was yeast and flour that you couldn't find. You guys aren't going to believe what the next out of stock item is likely to be. It is Wednesday, June 3rd, and this is Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial grown Podcast, coming to you from Lake Mayapack in beautiful Putnam County, New York.
1: Hey, what's up everybody? I'm Chris Gillibo. excited to be on Money with Friends once again, uh, coming to you from my studio in Southern California, uh, San Diego.
0: This is the money news show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like best selling author Chris Gilliboe of the Money Tree fame and many others. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. This episode of Money with Friends is sponsored by Tiller. Your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for a free trial and 10% off your first year. And of course, you will be supported. The show, which we truly always appreciate. And we appreciate you coming back, Chris.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm excited. I appreciate you asking me to come back.
0: Second show, getting into a groove. Right. Tell us a little about right. about what else is going on with you right now.
1: Oh, let's see. I, I'm just trying to use the time well, as much as possible. Just trying to, um, you know, ask myself how I can be helpful. I mean, I think that's a thing that everybody can do is like if you find yourself um, either discouraged um, because of the economic situation or coronavirus or because of anything else that's happening in the world, like it's, um, it's often easy to be like, well, there's nothing I can do about this. And so I, I just always try to ask myself, what is it that I can do to be helpful, even if it's not like with some you know, something directly related to whatever it is that's discouraging. It's like, there's got to be something you can do. And I, th- and when I say that it's not entirely altruistic because I think it's actually good for us. Like for me, I'm like, when I'm discouraged or feeling a little depressed, I'm like, maybe there's something I can do to make or create or, you know, talk to somebody or whatever. And I usually end up going away feeling better myself. So I just try to, to use the time well.
0: And you started a new YouTube venture. Yeah,
1: I started a new YouTube just kind of, which is, uh, you know, similar to this and that I'm just chatting with folks and. And, um, you know, answering questions, sharing some positive stories, sharing stories of like, uh, people finding opportunities in a time of uncertainty. And so it's fun.
0: And what's it called? So we can all check it out.
1: Uh, it's just called the money tree, which is based on my new book. So if you go to my name, youtube.com slash Chris it.
0: Perfect. All Right. Let's see which one of our money friends is going to bring us into the headline. This is Tara from rise up P E ratios, stock purchase plans, federal reserve meetings, We must be getting ready for another
2: episode of Money with Friends.
1: Dealers warn buyers, get your new car before they're gone. Supply vanishing. This is from the Detroit Free Press. Sheena Lehman took the keys to her 2020 Chevy Equinox and breathed a sigh of relief. I was worried due to these trying times, said Lehman, a 23-year-old machine operator from Clinton Township. I went to multiple car dealerships and they were giving me crazy prices. The rebates are not as great as they were, and my lease was coming to an end. She is one of many car shoppers who's been uncertain about what to expect from the impact of newly relaxed stay-home restrictions related to the coronavirus and how it might affect her shopping choices. Meanwhile, car dealers say they're overjoyed to see people, but they're now coping with a rapidly shrinking supply of vehicles. The Detroit 3 stopped car production from mid-March to mid-May because of the pandemic. And now, well... Pickings are slim. We have back orders on everything, said Sam Pack, president and CEO of Pack Auto Group based in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area. The Ford Edge, Escape, Expedition, Explorer, F-150, Super Duty, Mustang, Ranger. But the Ranger is our shortest availability of all our vehicles. All four of our Ford dealerships have a total of 14 Rangers when we normally would have 100. He owns six five-star dealerships, four Ford, one Chevrolet, and one Subaru. We're short of inventory in all vehicle lines. The Chevy inventory is more severe than Ford, particularly Silverado. We have 22 light duty Silverado pickups in stock and we'll run out in June, Pac said. And we will run out of F150s at the pace we're running now if in fact production doesn't keep pace. We usually sell about 300 a month. For pretty much everybody, the shortage will be for pretty much everybody, the shortage will be with us another 60 to 90 days, he said. And this is why Ford, General Motors, Fiat, Chrysler, and the overall auto industry are adding production shifts to ramp up factories as quickly as possible. Dealers noted that the process hasn't been without challenges, including disruption at Ford plants. Getting parts from Mexico has caused a delay, too. Chris Ferlito, 32, a lawyer from Gross Point Farms, wanted to lease a 2020 Chevy Suburban as quickly as possible to accommodate the latest addition to his family of five. We knew exactly what we wanted, and we were able to get it, he said, grateful that he shopped in May with Brian Carroll Automotive rather than waiting. He received his keys on Thursday. Dude, we're rocking, said Thad Sott, co-owner of Sott Auto Group in White Lake Charter Township. The internet leads are coming in at a pace where we're almost struggling to keep up. With Ram Truck and the Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited, we're definitely concerned about having more inventory versus demand. He said his customers so love the new delivery model where everything is done at the buyer's home. He isn't sure if many folks will return to dealerships.
0: All right, so let's just discuss this so far. I mean, I chose this story because I was completely (laughs) surprised that of all the things that would be potentially in short supply, it would be cars because I thought, well, who's buying a car right now? We're all sitting at home, not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. But in fact, when you know, when you think about the fact that they haven't been making cars because the factories have been repurposed for other things, it starts to make sense. Yeah,
1: I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about it because my first impression was like, this is like a plant, you know, from the auto industry because, um, every, everything else I have read, like even like a week or two ago about like Memorial Day sales, or I guess more than a couple of weeks ago, but recently is like, this is like the worst time in the car industry because nobody's buying a car, as you said. And, and um, you know, one, we have the economic crisis and all the unemployment, but then we also have the fact that so many people aren't driving anywhere, right? You have like both things at once.
0: Exactly. And oh, go it was ahead.
1: like, here's all the deals. It was like, here's all the amazing deals. And it's like, this is the time to go by because they're just like, you know, giving them away or something. So it's almost like this article is like a whole counterpoint to that. And I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't really shop for cars, but I was like, I don't know which one is true or which perspective.
0: Exactly. And I think what you're saying, I think that that was sort of the, the phase one, when we're all at home in this lockdown, I think that nobody was buying later in the piece, they do say inventory disruption is a price to pay. When this is where it gets interesting guys, when production drops 100% and buying only drops 50%. So basically, I mean, buying dropping 50% is a massive drop off in how many people are buying cars right? Normally you might see maybe there's a 5% drop, a 10% drop. If people are feeling anxious about their jobs, they'll let their cars go a little bit longer. But 50% is huge. What we didn't really think about was production stopped 100% Mm -hmm. pretty much in many cases. So you suddenly have a complete lockdown of supply. There's nothing new being made. And Mm -hmm. now as people are getting ready, you know, it's not, we kind of, Think of cars as discretionary, but to some extent they're not because at a certain point, your car is going to die. At a certain point, you're going to have to get a new car. Now, the price point may change, but many people are still buying new cars or they're buying a used car, which then it's still supply. It's still the same general supply. So people may not have as much money, but if they need to get to work when they start going back or they need to just live their Mm. life and get around, at a certain point, they will break down and they will buy that car. They yeah, need the I car like the many durable points. goods, it's like a refrigerator. Yeah. If the refrigerator dies, you're buying the new refrigerator. Right. So I, I don't know. I cut you off. Go ahead.
1: No, I am just saying, I think you're right about the supply, the supply side of it. Um, I think I I read that about like housing prices recently as well. And it this is probably different in different markets and such, but what I was reading was like, you know, a lot of the supply went away. Like a lot of people who were listing their homes for sale just took them off the market or delayed that process a few months ago. And so accordingly, there are, yes, there are fewer buyers, but then there's also, you know, a little bit less supply and such. So maybe it, maybe it does balance in that way, but it is definitely unexpected.
0: Yeah. We taped this live in front of a Facebook live audience. We also, uh, let our friends on Instagram know that we are going to be talking about this issue. And mm-hmm. so we, um, we asked them, are you looking to buy a new vehicle soon? And this goes to the whole idea that people are, you know, there's always a certain percentage of people that, in theory are just, you know, not looking for a car. I would Mm -hmm. think during the beginning of the pandemic, when we were all locked down, it was zero. So Mm -hmm. we asked everybody in our Instagram audience, are you looking to buy a new vehicle soon? What do you think they said, Chris?
1: Well, what I think, I, I was i was curious, what it, do I, is what they said what I think they said, you know? And um, I went to look at some of the responses here. Oh, no, first, I, I wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. First, oh, answer, right. so first we're going to do the poll. Right. Sorry, I didn't explain that right. First we're going to do the poll. So I want all you all right. to guess, like, what percentage of our uh, audience that answered the Instagram poll actually said, yes, I am looking to buy a car soon?
1: Oh, what? Oh, so yeah. what percentage? I'm putting you on the spot, Chris. I, no, that's yeah. good. That's fine. Um, a small, small percentage. So looking to buy a car soon, 20%?
0: Oh my gosh, twenty one percent. Twenty one. You got okay, you I, I I
1: honestly have not seen the answer. But I so think, I just see, you,
0: you think that's small. I think that's actually very high. Because uh, I think okay. if you think about a person, mm. you know, people that have cars, they maybe keep them an average of eight to ten years. And I, that's not an official mm. stat. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Eight to ten years. So there's only a certain percentage of people that are looking for a car even in the best of times. Mm. So I think twenty percent is actually really high.
1: Well, I wonder what I that know. would be during a normal time. If you'd asked that question a year ago, right. what would it be? Would it be thirty or forty percent, or something? Probably uh,
0: more. Probably more. I but twenty—I yeah. thought twenty-one percent is kind of high. I, I thought yeah. it'd be much lower. I thought it'd be five percent. So, but you've got some of the responses that people we then asked yes. them to, you know, <laughs> talk about how the lack of inventory could affect their purchase.
1: Yes. Um. Sorry for skipping ahead there. I uh, so some of the responses. Um, so someone says recession means there will be incentives. Uh, if not, I'm fine to delay. Where are we going anyway? Right? Where are we going anyway? Right? Um, someone else said, there's a lot of a lot of comments like that. I would I would postpone my purchase. Vehicles last nearly a decade. So if I can wait, I'll wait. Uh, and someone said, um, this is green at home. I was looking at cars, but in two months, I've driven 200 miles. So it doesn't matter much anymore. And then one interesting point that I, I liked, um, Someone said, "What lack of inventory? The used car market is about to explode with rentals, which is totally true because you know Hertz is going bankrupt, and like I just read that they have they have essentially flooded the market with all these cars for sale. Like they had." Um, a number of Corvettes like if you ever wanted to own a Corvette they're like all yellow Corvettes and they have like 200 yellow Corvettes that are being sold for apparently I don't know whatever it is 30% less than they should be sold for or something um, and they're all across the country and they're all low mileage so like that that's an interesting factor I'm mean, not everybody wants a Corvette but there's presumably other vehicles too
0: Also, further down in the article, I do want to say you make a very good point, Chris, that there is this other perspective. And they do go into that down in the article saying, for now, customers will still get a good deal because if dealers don't sell a certain percentage of their inventory, in other words, what they actually have, they can't order more new models from the factory. So that's talking about when they finally do get online. And um, they do say, so we still have to sell them at an aggressive price. Um, But you have better choices now while there's still inventory left. So they're sort of playing both sides. They're saying, you know, come in now because there's not going to be inventory. Mm -hmm. But they're also saying, you know, we may not have a car for you. So you might have to pay a higher price. So I definitely think there's a little bit of spin going on here. Um, Uh It'll be interesting to see what actually happens as our different businesses are allowed to open, which could Uh vary in different different states. And we have Adrian here commenting as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Adrian says, the used car market is going to explode and prices will drop by a lot. I I think my money's on that. Actually, I think prices will continue to drop. And uh, about the, the comments from the dealers, like, have you ever, you know, have you ever, would you ever hear a car dealer say, actually, this is not really the best time for you to buy. Why don't you just wait a couple months and come in, you'll get a better deal. Like the car dealer is never going to say that. No. Yeah, like literally every single time it's like, oh, this is a, we are pricing aggressively. There are discounts, you know, like that's the, that's the standard response always. But I actually do think, despite the issue of supply, which we talked about, I think consumers still kind of have the upper hand here.
0: Yeah, and later on also in the article, they say that the store inventory, when, when uh, one dealer is saying, overall, the store inventory has been about 200 vehicles in inventory, slightly below, only slightly below, so he's saying, mm-hmm. slightly below what it would normally stock. But the limited number of the hot sellers is in some ways helping to close deals. So there is a little bit of positioning here where they're saying mm-hmm. to customers, well, we may not have the exact model you want, So you better come in sooner because they have not been making cars, which is a valid point. They have not been making Mm -hmm. cars. So there's not, it's not dishonest to say that. That is true. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you, you said it. I mean, this is business. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's a sales tactic. It's not dishonest, but it's a sales tactic. So I think anytime you step on a car lot, it's like you're going to hear all kinds of reasons about why you made the right decision and you are here at just the right time. And you're smart to come here to, it's like affirming your, you know, your intelligence before they take your money and such.
0: Of course. So what is your advice to people who might be looking for a car? What do you think about the situation?
1: I think one thing that's good is, is the internet has um, kind of leveled the playing field or at least um, given access to a lot of information and such. Um, so I, 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 I'm i not in the market for a car myself, but I guess it was about a year ago that I helped my sister. Um, and she's, she's a millennial and she was like getting her, her first like new-ish car and, um, so I kind of went through that process a little bit with her and just like called people up and we actually went to, to one dealership and now it's like, if people tell you something, you, it's pretty easy, or at least it's possible to verify that, or at least you can get another price from somebody. If you're not sure what you're being told, just, you can go online and like, there's all kinds of different uh, comparison sites, or you could just go to another dealership and send them an email, which is cool. I don't want to talk on the phone with them all the time. Um, so I think like my advice would be to, to, to not settle for whatever you hear first.
0: Yeah. Did you feel, you mentioned that you did go to the dealership. Would you ever think of buying a car without actually trying it?
1: I would prefer to. Yeah. I I would prefer to not go to the dealership at all. Actually. I, I hated every moment of the dealership. The only thing I liked about it was thinking about it from like a marketing perspective of like, wow, people have to go through this all the time. And what a terrible experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe in order to incentivize people to actually come out to dealerships where they Mm -hmm. can often sell more effectively, that Mm -hmm. experience will change. Because I think a lot of people get turned off by the experience at dealerships and they just are really happy about avoiding them right now, which is another point that they do make in the in the article Mm -hmm. that people like this idea of coming to your home and and not being feeling because I guess it's a question of whose territory are you on?
1: Mm. yeah. Also, and then like, let's give you a free cup of coffee because we're, now we're giving you something so that you have, you feel like obligated to, you know, this whole principle of reciprocity. Whereas if you have somebody coming to your home, it's like, as you said, this is my, this is my turf, you know?
0: Right. Which goes into sales <laughs> tactics. No, but it's true. But you're very good at teaching people things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a, such a strange, I mean, it's a strange world that we're in. It's a strange time. Car dealerships in general are strange places. I think, um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting to see the different ways that people are, are thinking about this and making decisions. And I hope that people will not make decisions out of scarcity or out of fear, but they'll make decisions based on what's best for them.
0: Right. Even I think the mm-hmm. scarcity, honestly, it's not necessarily going to be. And of course, I don't know. I only know what we are hearing about this. And, and it is absolutely true that we you know had a break in production. But unless mm-hmm. you absolutely have to have a certain make and model by a certain time, mm-hmm it's okay to take a moment. These are very big purchases. They will find whatever financing they need to get you, uh, to sign on the dotted line. Even if the car loan, and we've done shows about this, that car loans are getting stretched out to more and more years in order to make a bigger sale palatable and be able to, you know, upsell you. So, you know, always stay in the driver's seat, no pun intended on that and, uh, be in control Let me stop there, though, because I don't want to give away my takeaway and I want you to have a moment to think of yours. And we're going to take a moment and thank the fact that uh, Money Was Friends is brought to you by Tiller. Tiller is great because it helps you manage your money so much faster, 10 times faster. In fact, Um, it connects your banks directly with Excel. It also works with Google Sheets. You can track your daily spending transactions and balances. And then you can also customize the spreadsheets, which makes it so much more pleasant to deal with your finances because, you know, That, for me, is not my favorite thing to do, but Tiller makes it so much easier. It's an automatic daily feed. You can see what's going on. You don't have to put stuff in there each time. You just connect your banks once, and you can see all of your transactions automatically updated so it's set up, and then you don't have to do anything more other than be on top of it. Monitor it. Spend the time to know what's going on, but all of the boring, heavy-duty stuff is going to be done automatically. Okay. You want more info, go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. You'll get a free trial, 10% off your first year. And of course you support us here at Money with Friends. Again, it's tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. All right, Chris, yesterday you went first. So I'm going to let you have the final word. And I'm just going to say, look, I chose this story because I was so surprised like you when I read this headline. I thought, oh my gosh. I mean, it was kind of like really, you know, just like I felt with the toilet paper at the beginning of this. I was like, really, guys? Um, I was like, really, cars? Who is buying a new car with all of this going on? But I stand corrected because what I didn't consider, and this applies to a lot of things, is that people still have to live their lives. And, you know, big ticket items, and, you know, we think not just about cars, but even, as I said in the show, a refrigerator, sometimes they are driven, pun intended, more by life milestones, where you are. If you need a bigger car because you had a child or a lease is expiring, then you may have to buy. Your price point may change, but if you are buying because you need to buy, the dealer will have the upper hand. I'm also happy that assuming that they can be safe, it seems like more auto workers are going to be gainfully employed and we wish them well.
1: Mm. Well said. Um, I like that, especially the last part, but all of it. Um, So my takeaway, it was interesting to consider the supply issue. I think that's something I didn't consider before. So I'll grant that point. But I think overall, I would say that the, the fundamentals of the economy are are not good. And they're not going to be good for a while. And so because of that, that is still going to give consumers the upper hand. And so I would say, take away, don't stress, ignore this article. If you need to buy a new car, uh, that's fine. And you go through that normal process, but don't feel like I need to rush out now. And I, oh, I, oh, I was going to drive a hard bargain, but now maybe I'm the one who needs to, to compromise or something. I, I feel like Three months from now, six months from now, whatever the time period is, you're still going to be in a in a place of uh, being able to get a good deal.
0: Exactly, and just because inventory is low doesn't mean a car will not be available. It may mean that a car, mm-hmm. exactly the make, model, color, every feature that you exactly want, may take a little bit longer mm-hmm. to come. But we can usually muddle through it. So don't make a bad deal. Just because out of some fear or panic, these are often things that we pay for, for many, many years. So definitely, you know, I think you made a great point, Chris, to just take it slow. Before I let you go, uh, tell us where people can find out more about you. What else you're working on?
1: Awesome. Another great conversation. Thanks for having me here. Uh, So what am I working on? Well, I'm always working on stuff. I do a daily podcast. It's called Side Hustle School. Uh, So you can go to sidehustleschool.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and such. I'm doing some stuff on YouTube, youtube.com slash chrisgillibeau, or my main website is just chrisgillibeau.com.
0: Very good. Everybody check it out and definitely that YouTube stuff as well. Um, if you want to participate in the polls and the questions that Chris and I talked about here, please follow us on Instagram. It's at Pod on both Instagram and on Twitter. And also learn more about Chris and our other amazing season four co-hosts and our entire Money with Friends community of alumni by going to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. On behalf of Chris Gillibo. I'm Bobby Rebel. Thanks for tuning in to Money with Friends. We will see you tomorrow.
2: This show is created and hosted by Joe saul and Bobby Rebel and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC. Copyright 2020. Ryan Cini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.